Welcome in to Locked On Knicks and the Knicks opened up 2023 much in the same way that they ended 2022 Gavin with a big win 102 to 83 over the Phoenix Suns. Another all-star worthy performance of Julius Randle. Jalen Brunson is back and he is dominant and Quentin Grimes best passers is Magic Johnson. We'll have all that and more for you right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starts without a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's out. Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks, and we want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate us, appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. Wow. Second, and today's second day episode, in a row, Alex. Uh, appreciate I know. Us. I, we appreciate, appreciate us. us. That's it. Yeah. We, you know who else we appreciate? We appreciate prize picks because today's episode is brought to you by prize picks. First time users can receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor in chief of Nick's site, the Strickland, which you can find at the strict.land. He's Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. And before we get into the show, we just want to say, like, there's the sports news of the night before we recorded this. It's the night of the game, so, uh, you know, thoughts and best wishes and everything to DeMar Hamlin of the Bills, who uh, had his medical issues on the field tonight, had to be transported out. And taken to the hospital, apparently stopped breathing for a time and his heart stopped for a moment or something. Uh, very scary situation. So, you know, if I'm sure everybody that's listening is probably aware of that situation. And, uh, you know, we hope everything's good with him and then he makes full recovery. And so, yeah, for a little, uh, we kind of even delayed recording because we were like reading news about that and we were like, kind of shell-shocked so uh but we do have a Knicks game to talk about so we're we're gonna do that uh and Gavin I think the best place to start is the Julius Randle part of the show here I mean we'll talk in a moment about the overall defensive brilliance of the Knicks in this game holding look even without Devin Booker this is a a dangerous Suns team uh you know much like I was just saying, you know, the other day, like the Knicks, even without RJ and and uh, Brunson should be able to beat like a tanking team, like, you know, a, a team like the Suns that has title aspirations should be able to, in theory, beat the Knicks without one of their best players because they're supposed to be a very deep team and a very talented team. And yet the Knicks absolutely handled them. And Julius Randle absolutely took care of this in this game. Uh, just, I mean, not his best shooting performance of late, 7 of 18 overall and 4 of 12 from 3, but certainly did not take anything away from the sheer domination that he showed in this game that he has been showing lately. Now, this was another all-star worthy performance for Julius. 28 points, 
16 rebounds, six assists. I mean, once look, I, I feel like a broken record saying it, but once again, it's, it's the combination of the shooting four three pointers in this game. Um, got the Knicks scoring started off with a long two. Um, the physicality, 12 free throw attempts, made 10 of them, plus the 16 rebounds. And then, I mean, the thing that continues to shine the most for me is, is the passing. And it, it just, it, it's, it's kind of, I mean, you, you like, you, you can't give the guy enough credit, right? Because generally players in their late twenties do not make dramatic leaps in terms of how unselfish they are and, and just how talented of a passer they are. And, and he has gone from someone who, who was a good passer and, and got of um, commendations for it during that 2021 season, rightfully so. But Alex, he was a hyper meticulous passer and, and he still is to some extent, right? But uh, to, to me, the big difference is in the past, he, he manipulated defenses because he had gravity and because he was such a good scorer. Now he's consciously manipulating defenses, right? Like he, he is taking an extra beat. Um, like, I mean, one play that really stood out to me in this game was um, he ran a pick and roll with Mitchell Robinson and he did like, it's, it's like a point guard trick. It's what Emmanuel quickly over does. He got Mitch's defender on his hip, uh, and then and then baited his defender to step up as he got into the lane, and then just zipped it to Mitchell Robinson for a jam. And and then there were there were two different almost I, I forgot what the movie was called. I, I meant to Google it before we started the podcast. But do you remember that that movie trailer in like the mid two thousands where they kept being like, "Bend the bullet, you got to bend the bullet." Like that. Oh, that's that's uh, what Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, wanted, wanted. That was wanted. Was. There you go. That's yes. it. Mitch was Mitch was starring in Wanted or, or or the Matrix. Pick pick your movie of choice where he he was he was bending the ball like he was he was he was he was curving it like through multiple defenders to get to Evan Fournier. I mean, one one time resulted in in a Fournier three, um, and then one time um or excuse me, Fournier missed the three, but then another time did it to Fournier. Then Fournier swung it to Grimes, and then Grimes attacked and and just slipped it to Mitchell Robinson. For a dunk, and, and I, I promise we'll get to to that later. Um, and and then the other thing was just just the sense of the moment, like like the big start to this game, right? Like when when the Knicks were down four nothing, he ripped off six points, uh, four rebounds, two assists in about five minutes, leading the charge on a 14-0 Knicks run. And then when the Suns cut it to eighteen, which which felt significant because at one point this was a thirty-two point game. Um, Tibbs calls timeout. He makes two free throws, gets an assist to Emmanuel quickly for three. Then he hits a three, then gets into the paint, does a spin move, kicks it out to Evan Fournier for three, and all of a sudden the game is over again. That, that's what a star does, right? It, it's, a, it's a sense of my team needs a boost, so I'm going to play that much harder, that much better, and do it. Uh, while he was going off on the broadcast saying that he's been the second-best player in the NBA over the last month, I wouldn't quite go that far, Alex, but I, I, I'm thinking this is a guy who is, is not only redeeming himself uh, to Knicks Nation, but is further and further solidifying himself as a star in this league once again. Yeah, you know, it's funny. We were talking before the show, and, and we wanted to touch on it here, like just sort of the the macro of everything mm-hmm. going on with Randall right now. And the the turnaround from him has been so crazy. And, you know, it's so funny, like even from just like a week ago, the the way that our perception is even changed of him i think i think a lot of that has to do with how much he stepped up in in the absence of brunson and rj and continued like carrying the team even though two of those games were losses like he was never the issue um but like it just his his turnaround right now has been crazy to watch and i i almost feel like you know we just discuss this literally it might even be exactly one week ago or even less than a week ago at this point of the the Knicks all-star chances 
on the show. And I was like, yeah, I just can't really see Randall making it because I think Brunson's going to make it. I don't feel so sure about that anymore. I kind of feel like Randall might be leaping him as the best player on the team right now. Uh, you know, and the the guy most likely to make an all-star team if he keeps playing the way that he is. You know, he he had a couple quotes after the game, but, uh, you know, the one was, like, immediately after where he got asked, like, what's been the best part of all this, like, of how well you've been playing and everything again. And he's just like, the Garden fans, you know, like, I just like this again. And, like, they were chanting MVP for him again. And, and you know, it's I, it makes me happy to see them turn it around. You know, I, I think we've had our moments of being out on Randall, which everyone loves to, you know, bring up like, Oh, you guys want to trade him, whatever, like in YouTube comments or whatever. But I don't think they were unfounded at the time. You know, like if, if you go a whole season mailing it in and seeming malcontent, you know, like, of course that's going to be the opinion of people, but just like, you know, we should, you know, point those things out when they happen. We should also acknowledge, like, I mean, he's he's fully turned it around at this point, and it's it's so impressive to see how the adjustments that he made in his game and how he's made himself an even better player than he was two years ago by like leaps and bounds right now. Uh, and how much, even how much better conditioning he looks to be in than two years ago, like everything, um, and just how much freer he seems to be playing. I guess like all the. The pregame meditation, everything is really working out for him. So, just from like a, a meta perspective, this this one because of those MVP chants, I think that's what kind of brings up that that emotion to talk about. You know, in a post game pod of like, mm-hmm. wow, this really brings me back to when he was on top of the world two years ago, and now he's on top of the world again, and he like fully, fully deserves it. Yeah, and and, and real quick, I mean, we got to give a lot of credit to the Knicks front office because there were plenty of people myself included who were calling for them to find a trade for him this off season or calling for them to find a trade for him during the season and I, I thought it hit the point of, of no return multiple times where it was like all right this just, especially with with the start that Obi Toppin got off to this year like it was pretty easy to say like all right like this is your power forward of the future like what what are we doing with this guy who like who looks pissy who like is it was still for the second year in a row for the first 12 games like I mean like this is the really the only case I think against him as an all-star outside of the overall depth of the Eastern Conference is is that he he didn't really give a crap defensively the first 12 games of the year was was unaware was was out of place like every every negative adjective you could come up with what was applicable um and they held firm and they said hey like we we've seen this guy be a star he made second team all nba not there you could count like what is it like 200 guys in the history of the league who have made like a first or second team all nba not even maybe like 150 200 like like that's that that is elite territory and and he has that kind of talent in him we are not going to trade him if he is not playing anywhere close to that and, and they waited and they waited and it, it, it it's clearly paid off. And can you imagine like, I mean the psychological pain for Knicks fans, but just the, the crap the franchise would be taking if Julius was doing this on another team right now and the Knicks got a second round pick for him. Yeah. I mean, it would be pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why, I mean, even at its worst, I always kind of was of the opinion of like, I, I gotta get at least a first round pick back for this guy because he clearly has the talent. It was obvious yeah. that had he gone somewhere else, this probably would have happened. You know, mm. I'm just happy that he managed to turn this around on this team instead of somewhere else uh, after they they cleared the way for him. But uh, I do feel 
inclined because of the the crazy stats that Randall keeps putting up. It always makes for a perfect segue for me to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks, and Prize Picks is my new favorite daily fantasy game. I play all the time because it's so much different than the daily fantasy of old, where it used to be you were playing against people that were basically playing daily fantasy for a living that had all kinds of insider info and stuff and algorithms to help them set the best lineup and buy up all the winning slots and then leave you to just kind of flush a couple bucks down the toilet every time you want to play a contest. Prize picks is way different though. And you know, here's, here's an example of what I maybe would have done today. I would have taken Julius Randall to have more than 25 and a half points. Julius Randall, to have more than 10 and a half rebounds, Julius Randle to have more than three and a half assists, <laughs> Julius Randle to have more than three and a half three pointers, uh, and Julius Randle to get uh, over two and a half MVP chance. And I could have been a big winner. Uh, that's because with prize picks, you're not playing against a bunch of other people and you're not having to figure out a convoluted system where you're setting a lineup based off dollar amounts and stuff. All you do is pick two to six players, and if they will score more or less than their prize picks projection, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you want to watch. This includes the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It really is that easy, and they offer safe and fast withdrawals. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, and we're back. Talking about this big Knicks win, one hundred two to eighty three over the Suns. Gavin, did this uh, before we get into um, the Knicks defense? Did this uh, is it, I know this matchup is always interesting for you because that was like your that's like your West Coast team, based mm-hmm. off where you went to college. You got to cover them in college and everything. Was it a little painful watching them get so shellacked in that first quarter? Dude, it's it, it's like it's sad because it's it's the end of an era, and obviously, I mean, they came within a, a couple of shots and and an all time performance from Giannis of of winning a title, and and of course, you you win that title, you can you can walk off into the sunset, even even knowing. I mean, the the big thing for me because I I wanted them to draft him in in twenty eighteen, like the great what if is of course if they had just taken Luca, and you had you had a decade plus of of Luca and Booker, which I mean, there's there's a world where that literally goes down as like one of like the two or three best NBA duos ever. So as a, as a Suns fan, that is extremely painful, but now it's, I mean, just watching Chris, like, I, like, I mean, it was, it was kind of weird on the broadcast, right? Like Mike and um, Wally were Mike in particular was trying to do his best sell job. Like, well, it's clear he hasn't dropped off at all. Like, nah, dude, like he is, he is a completely different player and like to some extent to shell of himself. And he's so smart and so talented. Like he's still, he's still good. He's still probably a net positive. Um, but he is he's not little, the same guy that, yeah. May I just point out a tidy little minus 38 plus minus for Chris Paul today. Yeah. Well, I want to, I, we can, that's a nifty transition, Alex, because we could, you, I'll, I'll throw it right back to you. You can take this either direction you, you want because Jalen Brunson was torturing him on one end and Quentin Grimes, uh, who I've, I've a cool defensive stat on in just a sec was locking him up on the other end. So who do you, who do you want to start off with? Well, let's just start with the whole team first. I mean, yeah. uh, watching that, first quarter 
by the time it was getting towards the end of the quarter, I was looking at the score and I was like, holy crap, this is like, this reminds me of NBA 2K. Like, I'll play, I play almost full-length quarters in 2K usually. I play like 10 minutes. And I'll do that and get to the end of a quarter and my goal is always like, oh, I want to see if I can hold them under 10 points. You know, like that's such a fun, like I'm, I'm definitely much better at defense than offense because I just I can't get the three-point shooting down lately. But my goal is always like, I want to hold them under 10 points. And once or twice I've done it, I swear sometimes the computer just kind of like pushes them over 10 points just to be like, oh, well, they're going to make this shot that you're heavily contesting so they can have over 10. But it felt like that at the end of this quarter. I mean, they held an NBA team, to your point, you know, and uh, look, an over 500 team, a team that has still, you know, even though they're struggling some and even if Chris Paul is taking a step back, whatever, like they still have at least a shadow of a of a postseason aspiration this year. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and one that kicked the Knicks butt like, a, I mean, obviously with Devin Booker, but, but mm-hmm. like a month ago, right? A month and a half it, ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this is a team that can be very potent. The fact that they held them to 11 points in a quarter is just insanity. I mean, I, I saw the the clock ticking towards zero for the first quarter, and I was like, oh, my God, they're really going to do this. Like, they almost held an NBA team to 10 points in a quarter. Like, that's ridiculous mm-hmm. in today's NBA. That's a 40-point pace for an entire game, 44-point pace. Like, absolutely absolutely crazy. And then the uh, they brought up the stat on, on the broadcast, too, that – over their last four quarters to so their last full game between the end of the Rockets game and the, you know, the first quarter of the Suns game, the Knicks had held opponents to like whatever it worked out, 67, 66, whatever points over their last four quarters. I mean, that's just like that is pure like mid 90s score. Like that is not a, that is not a score that you see in the monitor. You don't see anything under like 80 something points generally. In today's NBA, like 80 points. This is like the worst possible game the Suns could have had, and they had 83 points. Like, you know, it's uh, so just an absolutely insane first quarter defensive performance. And to your point, like Quentin Grimes made life hell for Chris Paul. And then, you know, Brunson was doing plenty on the other end, which we'll talk about in a minute. But like on top of that, Mitchell Robinson just hmm. he something about DeAndre Ayton out of that 2018 draft class, which outside of like Luca and Trey is mostly like a big man class. Like tons of great big men have come out of that class. Mitch takes it so personally against Ayton. It seems like every time and he just ate his lunch. I mean, Ayton was invisible and you know, Ayton might be going through some of his own stuff right now, being like unhappy with the fact that he's even playing for this team still um, when he clearly wanted to leave in the off season. But I mean, Mitch was was incredibly impressive. All the Knicks were just doing such a good job of of being pesty and, you know, sticking with shooters and not giving up like anything. It wasn't even like with the Rockets the other day where they kind of just dared certain guys to miss. Like they were just they were sticking to everybody like glue. And it was clear that on multiple levels, they had an axe to grind here in this game and they ground it and then promptly sliced the sun's heads off with it. <laughs> they did their thing. It was crazy. Yeah, it was it, it was it was just it was overwhelming, and man, man Quentin Grimes uh, epitomized too. Like we can we, we can talk about his passing and, and playmaking for a sec, but that that play where he just he just trailed Mikhail Bridges the whole time, and then went straight up and down in the air and, and just swatted his shot. And like Bridges, Bridges is known right for having the nine foot wingspan, and 
I remember when we were talking to Prez on this pod over the summer, he said, yeah, you know, the one thing with Grimes that's keeping him from being like a future, maybe like $25 million year player is that he's, he's 6'5 instead of 6'8. But with, with how strong his hands are and how quickly he gets up in the air and how explosive he is, like he can defend like a bigger player. And if and look, like someone like a Paul George, right, is probably going to give him some issues because, I mean, those, like you, you combine a 6'8 size with that kind of athleticism and someone like Bridges, like that, that play just flashed to me where I'm like, all right, Grimes is just is dominant against guys that are either either not dramatically more athletic than him or like aren't way bigger than him. And then we saw it with Chris Paul too. Like I, I saw a really good stat today. I mean, shout out to um, Xavier Justin of, of Nick's Film School who shared it out on Twitter. Um, but the stat was uh, Grimes has had the single biggest jump in the NBA this year from last season in terms of his matchup difficulty on a night-to-night basis. And despite that, he's held guards to a 41% effective field goal percentage and forwards to a 56% effective field goal percentage. If, if people remember earlier this year, we noted that as of about two weeks ago, Grimes has had the just the toughest matchups of any player in the entire league. So that is nuts, particularly on guards. And and man, when, when he when he was on Chris Paul, like he he was just he was torturing him. He's just too big, too strong, too fast at this point. And then and Deuce got some att- cracks at him. Mitch was dominant around the rim. It was it was beautiful to see Alex for a team that over that five game losing streak went from the best defense in the NBA over the eight game winning streak to the worst in the league. I mean, tonight was uh, another reversal in form um, following that Rockets game. Yeah, for sure. And I think we can. Continue going on about all of the abundant positives in this game in the next segment, Gavin. But first, would you like to remind everybody where they can maybe go and place some bets if they want to continue betting on the the sustained two-game success of the Knicks here? You know, if you're, you're on YouTube, you already know what it is. It's betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. And Alex, what I am looking for is NBA awards. Um... Joe Missoula, eight to five to win the NBA coach of the year. But man, I am I am putting some money down on the second or third favorites. That is Willie Green or Jack Vaughn. Willie Green three to one. Jack Vaughn 15 to four. As as much as I hate to say that the hated Brooklyn Nets have now won 12 games in a row. If they, if they go on to be the number one seed in the East after how they struggled um to start the season, I think they have a fantastic or, or, or excuse me, Jack Vaughn has a fantastic shot at that award. As much as it pains me, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, it is where the game starts. All right, Alex, we, we talked Quentin Grimes' defense as promised. Um, before we move on to Jalen Brunson, how about we we quickly comment on his passing ability? Because that is, I mean, it, it, this was, I, I'm going to throw out, like not his best performance of the year, because obviously the Mavs game from a, from a shot-making perspective was better. Um, he went just two for six from three in this game. But in terms of everything else, like th- this was one of the best games I think he played his career because he just he flashed so many different skills, right? Like I mean, like we all like the the play of the game in this one uh, was was when he he had the little duck in um, with Randall and he he knew the pass he was going to make before he even caught the ball, where he caught it in one motion, just no look, whipped it behind his head to Mitch for a dunk, and that that was probably the single best pass. I mean, look, Brunson's thrown some dimes. Quickly's thrown some some like his full 
full court lobs, like I hard a couple games back, had some ridiculous passes. I'm, I'm just going to say that was the best pass I've seen from Nick this year. That was the best pass I've seen from Nick in recent memory, just because of the anticipation that was involved. And, and then you combine that with his ability to repeatedly attack closeouts. I mean, did it twice to get Mitch a dunk and then Isaiah Hartenstein a dunk. And then just going in, like had had a dirty inside spin move on Ish Wainwright uh, for a little floater. Um, had a double pump finish over DeAndre Eaton. Had had that backdoor cut um, off of Julius Randle that we mentioned earlier. Like this was just like he just flashed so many. Like like if you just had a bingo checklist of what do you want from a great role player, Quinn Grimes, check 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 check. He he is absolutely elite. Yeah, I mean the this. Trademark play for this one was the drive inside and then, you know, draw the defense and just whip it like around the body of his defender to a waiting big man for a nice, easy dunk. And the the Mitch one was uh, or that Mitch one. There's multiple. But the one that you referenced, you know, the final one of the game for him was the most flashy of all of them and was mm-hmm. amazing. But I'm equally as impressed by the fact that I think. Prez pointed this out on Twitter. Like he took a screenshot of like, this is why defenders are so flummoxed because like Grimes is consistently taking off from here. And like, it's like a, a, a big step in from like the free throw line is where Grimes is taking off a lot of times to go up for layups. And he also has been exhibiting the body control to not even fully com- having to commit to go up for a layup there, but also having the wherewithal to be able to, in air, like get enough hang time where he just kind of like like skates on air for like four feet to then you know control the ball enough and then whip it around a defender like that uh, to create an easy opportunity for. In this one, it was uh, Mitch, I think, three times and Hardenstein once. Uh, is just super super impressive. Uh, you know, it's the passing is. W- like the scoring will always be great with Grimes, but the passing is what has been making my eyes pop out a little more lately. You know, like the fact that he is acting as a, a valid third distributor on this team. And like, let's say that RJ when RJ's in is maybe the, the third distributor, like it being able to say that Grimes is your fourth best distributor on the floor. Once they're fully healthy is really dangerous. And that's, why we're seeing this like slowly but surely kind of get their assist totals up and up and up over these last you know few weeks when they've been playing a lot better is that you have guys like Grimes that can go out there and get you five assists in any given game. So like even if you know Brunson and Randall get six assists each, which isn't like a monumentally high total, you have Grimes out there getting five. RJ might get five, six any given night. Quickly might get five, six any given night or up to 15, as we saw last week. You know, it, there's just so much good that can happen when you have that many talented passers on the floor at once. And, you know, especially if you have a sure handed big man like a Mitchell Robinson that can always just be there to eat up every time that, you know, a, a guy like that gets inside. So, yeah, big ups to Grimes and, and how good he has been playing and how good he's been passing lately. Uh, you briefly mentioned Brunson as well. And man, talk about impressive. I mean, the only the only black mark on his day, I guess, was the uh, 6 of 11 from the free throw line. I guess that's the only thing that he he got rusty from while sitting out for a few games with that hurt hip. The free throws just took a hit for some reason. But everything else, nothing to complain about, man. 
and he looked like just like himself. Shot eight of 18, two of three from three for uh, 24 points, six assists, four boards. I mean, as as you alluded to earlier, he made Chris Paul look real old, real fast. You know, like he was he was absolutely torturing him uh, in a way that I feel like we maybe haven't seen. Uh, eh, I don't know. He's he's tortured quite a few guards this year. I was going to say maybe his worst torture session of the year, but mm. I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch the film three times like Tibbs to make that determination. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I loved his game, man. I, I What were your thoughts on Brunson? Like, I just – I my number one thought the whole game is just like, wow, this is great. This is right where we left off. Good to know. Like, if Brunson's good to play, Brunson is good to play. Like, there's no 80% with him. Yeah. I thought it was it was his gravity again. I mean, to me, like the last four or five games he's played, that that's what stood out because the the shot making, at least in terms of his efficiency, and and I expect it once he gets healthy again to go right back up. But it's it, it's been a little down. But he's compensated because I mean, this game only six assists when he had a bunch of games with double digit assists right before he got hurt. But Alex, I mean, you can I mean maybe I should go on Twitter and do this. Like you you could just find screenshots from the second and third quarter where it's like. All right, two defenders on him, three around him, four guys looking at him, five guys looking at him. And like over and over again, he was drawing three, four, five guys. And like, and, and it was kicking out to quickly. Like, like he, he is driving so many good nights for Emmanuel quickly. And, and I look, and part of it is just that quickly didn't have to carry as much of a load, but it, I think it's no coincidence that Brunson comes back and quickly has a, a hyper-efficient game because he's, he's getting wide open corner threes instead of taking like contested um, step backs. Uh, he, he just makes everyone's life so much easier. And it's what, it's what we were dreaming of when the Knicks signed him. It's, it's that they'd finally have a point guard, and, and he, he epitomizes that in that like he, he is on the floor to help everyone else and, 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 to, and to get them good looks. And he, he does that just over and over and over again because he has such gravity as a scorer and just consistently uh, makes the right decision. Um, but, Alex, I know, I know you yeah. wanted to talk about uh, Mitchell Robinson a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, if I may, too, just real quick to finish off Brunson. Sure. Like, uh, the one thing, too, I, I saw a – I don't want to call it out of pocket, but like a a particularly bold YouTube comment on like I think our last video that we put out that was like uh talking about like oh well with how well quickly he's been playing, should the Knicks maybe eventually look at putting Brunson on the bench or something? And I was like, nah, I don't know about that. And the reason for that is that we we were just praising quickly and like he deserved all the praise for for soaking up as many shots as he has and everything else. The difference between Quickly and Brunson, though, is just like Brunson makes so many of those shots. Like his efficiency never really takes a hit. And he still soaks up all those shots, soaks up all that attention and still manages to make his teammates better and everything else, too, and make the shots. It's just like that's what's so impressive about Brunson. And, you know, obviously it's no knock on Emmanuel Quickly, who's fantastic as well and still growing. Obviously, he's like four years younger than uh, Brunson so still has plenty of room to grow there but that's why Brunson is the guy that the Knicks signed you know for as much money as they did and everything else because he's that guy that can just completely dictate the game and take a lot of load off everybody else's plate and you know make their lives easier and also not let that affect his ability to do what he does on the court too um, but yes I did want to talk about Mitchell Robinson I thought this was Another really great game for him, even if so. This game was a little different than the last one, right? Like the last one, he was like the stock machine, right? Uh, you know, he got six stocks, I think it was an even split, three blocks, three steals last game. This game only gets one block, but 
he did not uh, it was it was not because he was not affecting things, you know, on the inside or making life hard for people. And I already mentioned, like, he made DeAndre Ayton have not a good day. DeAndre Ayton did not enjoy his afternoon in New York City because of Mitchell Robinson and uh, plenty of other guys didn't either. And that applied on both ends. I thought this was one of the more interesting offensive games we've ever seen from Mitch. He decided, I guess... A matinee is the time to try all your weird stuff that you haven't tried yet. Or maybe it was just a big lead or whatever, but made the garden crowd <laughs> like audibly the whole crowd go, ooh, because he put one dribble between his legs on the outside. And that was while the game like, was still close, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it looked all, honestly, I don't mean <laughs> I don't mean to knock Mitch because it was, I mean, yeah, it was pretty impressive, but it was like one step below. Like, do you remember back in the all-star game back in like Oh god, this must have been like 2006 or 2007 mm. or something. Shaq was in the All Star game and he like literally like lifted his whole leg up to do like an under the leg dribble at one point. Like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was like one step beyond that, if we're being completely honest. But you know, he he pulled it off and it was cool. And then he he threw a nice pass after that. But the most impressive thing was that he threw a no look pass to the corner for quickly to hit a three, just like Mitch going into his bag. But I guess when you are playing as well as Mitch was in this game and doing everything else that you, you could put up with him, just kind of playing a little like uh, playground ball out there and having a good time. Cause he definitely, I mean, he looked like he was really enjoying absolutely destroying Deandre Ayton in this game. Um, and he got rewarded with a uh, team high plus 27 for his efforts as well, which I think was pretty apropos. I think that he really influenced a lot and, and did his usual thing where he, you know, really uh, kind of just made life difficult for the entire opposing team and was a huge part of the Knicks' best defensive stretches, which, of course, include the 11-point first quarter for the Suns and a, I think it was ended at, what, 21 nothing run uh, that mm-hmm. the Knicks put together? So Their, their longest run in uh, in three years. Uh, yeah, twenty-one nothing, or biggest, uh, depending on how you want to phrase it. But yeah, yeah, the one, the one other play for Mitch that stood out to me was was that come from behind block he had on campaign, where where they were calling for um, a goaltending, but he he literally got a fingertip on it as the ball was at its apex and it was basically at the top of the backboard, or or yeah, top of the backboard. Like it was, it was nuts. It was it was really it, it it reminded me of rookie Mitch where he where it just seemed like he could fly and his arms could extend uh, forty feet if if need be. Um, final shout out to me uh, or for me, um, Evan Fournier uh, again statistically not really a good night two for six one for four five points but good activity had five rebounds and I don't know about you Alex I'm just I'm I'm just happy for the guy that he's back out there and playing I think I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, you know I I think he, there, a lot of the same warts still exist. With Fournier's game, so I feel like once RJ's back and they're healthy again, yeah, I don't think he's going to see any more playing time. But yeah, it is. I mean, it does speak to. They talk about this on the broadcast all the time, and it's not BS. Like, it speaks to his work work ethic that he always stays ready. That he's always practicing just as hard. You know, when he knows he's going to be on the bench is, you know, when he knows he's going to be playing, and that's that's what a good veteran does. He's clearly still a good locker room presence. He's always very active there. So, yeah, it's been. It's been good seeing him get his minutes again, just like it has been like for Rose too. You know, it's like it's nice to see him hit the floor again too. Um, although I, I will say, like it, I think I said this last week at one point, like oh, and be surprised if once RJ's back, if we see Fournier and maybe even McBride both take, like Fournier will get all of his minutes taken away, and 
with how good Quickly's playing, I wouldn't be surprised if McBride starts seeing a little less time too um, going forward. But anyway, yeah, I think that's a good note to wrap up on. There was a lot of good to talk about, and we talked about most of it. And I don't know. We'll, we got to save some stuff for some other days, whatever. Uh, we might have a cool crossover coming your guys' way uh, later this week with another one of our locked-on uh, hosts. We're going to try to set up a couple of those for the next upcoming schedule. Have uh, a couple more game recaps, I think, and some other great shows for you guys. So uh, keep it locked with us and happy new year, everybody. I, you know, and once again, you know, if you didn't watch yesterday too, but uh, thanks everybody for listening and we will talk to you all soon. Peace out everybody.